I want you to find that time and that space where you can dream about the life that you've always wanted. Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help you get unstuck so you can do what you love and get paid what you're worth consistently. I'm your host, David Schreiner-Khan. Today on Smashing the Plateau, I'm speaking with storyteller, consultant, public speaker, and content creator, Juliet Hahn. Juliet developed her business by integrating her own dreams with her strengths. As she explains, when you start to share your story with others, you begin to connect the dots between your creative passion and a career. Juliet now helps other people tap into their creative passion and turn that into a viable business. Stay with us to hear the details. Being able to share your story in a safe space where you can get feedback from colleagues can be a great benefit to your consulting business. That's why the camaraderie of supportive collaborative colleagues is the foundation of the Smashing the Plateau community. Inside the Smashing the Plateau community, you'll also find a range of tools and resources to support your business, access to experts, and answers to your burning questions. Check out the Smashing the Plateau community so that you can build a successful consulting business on your own terms, doing what you love and getting paid what you're worth. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com community. That's smashingtheplateau.com community. Now let's welcome Juliet Hahn. Juliet is a storyteller, consultant, public speaker, and content creator. Her mission in life is to give women and men a stage to share their stories. She believes deeply that everyone has a story and we can all learn from each other. We just need to listen. Juliet, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, David. I'm really excited to be here. So let's start with your story. Tell me a little bit about it. And I'm not going to go as far back, but I will tell you a little bit. I am dyslexic. So school was always really hard for me. I was really good in sports and that's where I went. So I literally followed the athletic platform, went to college for that, not for school, but also wanted to study something that I was good at. So I went into corporate fitness. And very quickly, when I had to take anatomy and physiology class, I realized, wait a second, I don't know that I want to work this hard. I could have but I decided I wanted to actually go into something else. So I went into communications, radio, television, and film. And that is where I fell in love with the relationship part of life and the storytelling part of life. Funny enough, I did not think I was a creative human coming when you're dyslexic in school, you're always kind of, there's not the creative side. I was really more the athlete. Some teacher somewhere down the line told me, stick with what you're good at. So that's where the sports came in. However, when I was finishing school and, and really kind of honing in, I decided I wanted to go into the advertising sales part of advertising. So even though I went into communications, radio, television, film, most of the people in the major actually went into the creative part, you know, where they were making movies, you know, on the radio, I was able to study all that, which I loved, but never really saw myself in that field. The advertising sales part, the relationships really got to me, learning about people's stories, hearing about how brands uh, work in, in the world is kind of where I went. So that is where I moved to New York City and met my husband a couple years after, but was in that whole advertising world, really exciting. I worked on the agency side and then went into, into the sales part. And my husband and I had three kids. I decided I wanted to stay home. I always wanted to be a mom. And it just was something that I knew deep down 
I was fortunate enough that I was able to do. Now, this was kind of in the world when, so I'll, I'll, I'll date myself, but I'm 48. My oldest is 16. It was kind of the time where they said women can do it all. You know, you can do it all. You can work, you can have a full-time career and you can be a mom. And there was a part of me because I'm very, I'm very connected to my, my why I'm very connected to my, you know, my abilities, my strengths and weaknesses. And I knew I'm not going to be able to do it all the way I would want. Something is going to give. It's probably going to be my husband. I'm not going to be able to be the mom that I want and also not be the employer I want. So I remember I sat down with my sister who had a baby at the same time. She happened to be in corporate real estate. She was able to go back to the office one day a week. And I was going to have to go back five days a week, maybe four. I could work it out with my employer. Great company. But I knew I was going to be traveling a lot. And she said to me, well, what will make you the best mom and wife? And I said, oh my gosh, staying home. And she goes, well, why are you doing this? And I said, I don't know, because I feel like I was such a confident human always, but anyone that's listening to this, when you have your first child, whether you're a a woman or a man, it changes you. And so I was questioning things like, okay, oh my gosh, I have this baby here. You know, I could really mess this person up. I need to really think. So I started getting a little bit in my head and overthinking. And from there, I decided when my sister said that, I'm going to stay home. That's what I did loved it, you know, worked in the PTA. I was the environmental rep for the town. We moved out of the city after we had our third. And um, it just, it was great. I loved every moment of it. You know, definitely was ups and downs, you know, being, staying home after being in the, in the workforce is a little different, but I babysat my entire life. So I was kind of like, okay, I could do this. I then, I guess it was when my kids were a little bit older and I realized, you know what, I'm kind of tired of this volunteer thing. Not that I didn't enjoy it, but I wanted more. I was feeling a little bit unsettled and a little bit stuck. And so I started kind of exploring things that I could do at home. I could you know, take in, because my, now my husband was working, he had a great job, but I also wanted to be a part of his, you know, of the world. I wanted to be able to contribute I contributed with the kids. They were a little bit older. Now I wanted to kind of bring home a little bit of a paycheck. So I went into fitness. Funny enough, I went back to the whole fitness thing and I started doing some coaching around health and nutrition and I started teaching classes. Absolutely loved that and did that probably for five or six years Thank God that feeling again. You know what? I need a little bit of a creative outlet. That's when I started my podcast. That's when I really started consulting people on how to find their passion and turn it into a business because I had done just that. I left corporate America earlier. However, I always had my foot, you know, doing things and still active using my brain. So that's kind of very quickly way of uh, telling you about my story. Right. So now at this point, how much of your business is helping others find their passion and build a business around it versus the fitness business. So it's pretty much hundred percent. I still work with people every once in a while because they know like I get up, I work out, I have my routines, but that's just really for my mind. Yes, it is. I like the way I look at my jeans, but it really is for my mind. It's kind of how I get my squirrels out as my husband says. And so I'm a hundred percent into the consulting, helping people find that creative passion and turn it into a business. And of the kinds of people you work with, what, portion are going from employment to their own business versus what you did where you were a stay-at-home parent for a period of time and then developed your business slowly. And I'm assuming that one of the main differences between the two is when you go from employee to entrepreneur, you often have a lot of financial pressure to get your income in your business up as quickly as possible to replace your paycheck versus if you 
do work work out your family scenario so that one parent can stay home, whether it's the mother or the father. Your financial circumstances are different. And so building up a business slowly as your kids get older may have less financial pressure. A hundred percent. So I work with about 50-50 because a lot of times uh, there's a, a number of clients that I have that are in their corporate job and they realize, you know, after some really soul searching, really after COVID, this really you know, people really decided I don't love what I'm doing and I have one life. I need to kind of figure this out. So I will work with people usually when they, when they feel that and they still keep their corporate job, but they start putting the, you know, the work in to make it a side thing at first and then kind of build that up to be like, okay, now I can leave that corporate job to really dive in a hundred percent and make a a, a paycheck there. Mm, Okay. And so for those folks that are employees and are going out on their own, what are some of the mistakes they make that prevent them from either pulling the trigger and going out on their own, or let's say they already have left their job or they've been pushed out of their job. What are some of the things that prevent them from being as successful as they might? Yes. I mean, and this is something that it sounds so cliche, but it is so true. It's their mindset. A lot of my clients, when they first come to me, they will either say, this is what I wanted to start it, but I kind of think there's so many of them out there or so many people have done this. Who's going to want to see what I'm doing? They have that limiting mindset and that limiting belief that really holds them back. So we do a lot of work with that. And also, I will work with people right in the beginning when they say, okay, these are my passions. These are things that I've, I've wanted to look into. And they might have a couple different ideas, but then we really hone in on what is the one that's really going to bring in that paycheck or really connect it uh, with the audience that they're looking for. Yeah. So I've come across many people like this as well. And often they're in fields where it seems like the field might be overcrowded or there's a shift going on in the marketplace. You know, so for example, somebody who's a really great writer or communicator, there's so many shifts going on in industries that involve great written communications. And it seems like you can you can go online and find somebody who can do your writing for you, particularly if they're not from the U.S., you can often find somebody who says they'll do it at a much lower hourly rate. Or when it comes to um, communications, the whole world of communications has shifted so much in the last number of years because of the internet. And what used to work for, for people that are communications experts doesn't work anymore. Yeah, so what do you do with folks like that? I mean, I think what's really important is that they know who they're targeting, who their audience is, and also on how to tell their own story. I think it's really important for someone to really get connected with why they want to do what they're going to do. So, and not think about the rest of the world, right? Okay, there's tens of thousands of people in the writing part, right? Let's just use it as an example. However, your story, the way you deliver is going to connect with your audience. And I think that's so important. There's so many people out there, I mean, that need different services might need your message, might need the service that you're providing that you can't really think, oh, there's so many people out there that I, you know, I'm going to get messed up. How are people going to find me? When you find what truly connects with your mind and body and you put it out there, you're confident about it, you're going to attract the people that are meant to meant to, your, to attract, the people that you're meant to help, whether you have a product, whether you have a service, whether you have a brand, you know, whether it's a book, how whatever it is. And I really say it's the consistent part. I truly believe that we all have a path. 
whether it's God or universe, but we really all have a path. And so when you have that feeling in your stomach, like you're sitting at your corporate desk and you're like, Ugh, I, I just, I'm not ha- like, I'm happy, but I'm not really happy. This is what I always tell my clients. I want you to really dig deep to that and think about different things. I'm having a conversation with you, or I had a conversation, you know, with the man in the office next to me, and he mentioned a, um, you know, this product that he created. And I've always wanted to create a product, but I just didn't give myself the chance to do it. But think about those little moments when you're talking to people and you're communicating with people, that little flutter that you get, right? That little flutter that makes you like, huh, that's interesting. I always say to people, I want you to follow that because that is, there's a reason why you felt that flutter. And once you start following that, doors are going to open if you are on the right path. And that's where it's like, you just have to do it. You can't sit back and think, okay, oh, this other person did it better than me. I shouldn't do it. You really need to kind of take that fear. And I know it's scary because there's so many of my clients that are like, oh, they have that fear fit factor, that fear base. They don't want to fail. But if you have that and you continue to live life with that, the fear to fail, you're not going to succeed at what you're doing. And you're just going to have that, you know, you're going to stay in that comfortable little zone there where you're making that paycheck, but you're not truly happy. And is that worth it? Yeah, Julia, how do you connect this? Like, like if you... If you do the self-reflection and you realize, yeah, I really wanted to create this product and I have been reluctant to do it because I don't know if anybody would be interested. How do you go from that awareness of what the it is to actually getting to the point where there is some business that start? Right. So my first thing, my first step is what I always say to people is go out and start like asking people like questions, right? You go out and start asking people questions. You also, this is where the internet and social media is so brilliant. Start asking little questions. Now you don't have to say, this is my product. Would you buy it, right? You don't want to go out and do that. But you just start asking little questions and seeing where people would connect. A lot of times it is the people that I work with, they have created a product that needs to fit a need. So it's something that is going to fit a need of someone else, which is really important. So like what that is. So really get connected with that and start, this is what literally my clients do. They start writing it down, right? They write the steps down. This is the passion they have. This is the product they want to have. This is the little bit of market research they did. And then it's like, okay, let's go. Find your strengths and weaknesses because that's really important. Like, so when I started my podcast, I knew where my strengths and weaknesses are. When I started my consulting business, I knew where I was going to maybe need some support. And so it was like, okay, let me find where I can have a little bit of support, but I can also run with what I am good at. And so that's what I always tell my clients. Find the thing that you're really good at, start that first, and then put like your strengths and your weaknesses. Okay, where am I going to need a little bit of support here? Where am I going to stay? And that's where it's like, okay, let's figure this out. How am I going to make this a paycheck? And that is then put it all into a system. So if you have a like an online course or if you have a product, an online course, you got to start creating that, right? So you have to put that action in, in place. Also, what I tell my clients is it's a lot of times it's really important to see who would be interested. So like if you create somebody, but you haven't done the market research and then you go to sell, it's way better that you are starting to talk about what you're going to be doing and see where the interest is. Because if you're not doing that market research and you're just creating it and going out to market, but you don't know that people are actually going to want it, it's not a great place to be. So you want to do a little bit of homework before and then you start running with it. And that's where like some people, well, what I want to get all my ducks in a row. I don't want to be able to, you know, 
just run out there and jump. I want to have everything done. That's not a great place to be because you kind of want to do both. So maybe you'll have four ducks in a row and a couple out of line. And then you have the four ducks in a row and a couple out of line. That's where you want to be because that's going to keep taking you the actionable steps moving forward. So if, if again, if we're talking about an online course, you want to lay the foundation, but you also want to know who your audience is. If it's a product, again, you want to take the steps. So for a product, you need to get the patent. You need to talk to the lawyer. You need to, to to get the prototype. So you need to go and make, have someone make that. And then you're going to start talking about it market. Hey, would you use this? Would you do this to see where it is? I often tell people, don't bother creating the website first. Sell your service first, see who's going to buy it. Because your website is probably going to be different than what you think based on what you hear from people that may need what you offer. Exactly. So if you're selling consulting services, see if you can get a client first before you create anything on on LinkedIn, on your website, because you're probably going to be wrong in terms of what people will buy. And you know what, and David, I love that you just said that because I think it's so, this is where people I see make the biggest mistake is they create everything because they're like, this is what I have envisioned and this is how I believe others are going to envision it. But just like you said, it's so important to kind of get that first client, see how it works, and then you kind of back into it. I can't even tell you how many times I have flown the plane as I'm building it. So how did you do it with your business? Because you clearly, like you're in a very different business now than you were when you started teaching people with your training. Right. So, you know, it, this is, it's, it's kind of a funny story how I got into the whole consulting. A lot of my clients that I was working with in the fitness world through nutrition, they were extremely wealthy. Their husbands worked, they stayed home. And time and time again, they would kind of tell me they weren't happy. And I was like, okay, they on paper, they look like they, they should be happy, right? People would look at them and be like, why aren't they happy? And the more I would talk to them, it was because they weren't tapping into a creative passion. They didn't have anything other than what they, their daily lives. A lot of them were playing tennis and having lunch every day. And that's all they were doing. They were raising their family and they loved that, but they didn't have that extra step, that extra thing that kind of lit them on fire, that excited them. And so- when they were telling me this time and time again, I can't get to the weight I want or I can't get to the mindset I want. And I would always come back to, wait a second, you know, you've always wanted to write a book or you have this amazing product that you actually did the prototypes, but you are never going to market because of your limiting beliefs. So let's kind of back into this. So that's really how I got into my consulting is because my nutrition clients would come to me as I was then working them through, okay, this is what you want to do. And that's really as my podcast grew, because then I started interviewing people that have followed a passion and made it into a business. It all just kind of came full circle. And so I I hope that answered your question. Yeah. What was the topic of your podcast when you launched So when I first launched, it was personal journal stories. And that was really the personal journal stories were because I also wanted to get these women out of their crazy worlds. Moms that maybe had young kids, you know, were folding laundry, emptying dishwashers. I wanted to tell them stories because I was very prevalent on social media. I would get time and time again, people like you have it all together. And even though I would post stuff that was not all together. And so I would always kind of chuckle and I'd be like, okay, you see me being real. I wake up, I tell you what I'm doing during the day. You see like, you know, a hot mess kind of mom here, but you're still perceiving me as having it all together. This is really interesting. I kind of want to dive into this and figure out 
Why is that? So there was a perception of who these people thought I was. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to tell stories because that's going to get them out of their kind of crazy world. I started that in 2019. And then during quarantine, it was like, okay, I really don't have any really funny stories anymore. We're all together. We we actually were very happy being all together, but there wasn't a lot of personal journal stories. So I decided, because I, I knew when I started this podcast, it was something I was going to do forever, whether it was just a creative outlet or if it turned into something bigger, I was going to kind of let to see where, where it went. So during quarantine, I decided I was going to interview people around the world and I called it quarantine stories. And that's when I started interviewing people and asking questions and being super curious. And then that's where then my storytelling part of my consulting business took off because time and time again, I would interview someone and I would put the, like kind of connect the dots for them. And they would say, that's why I started this business or that's why I went into business, but this is why I am where I am today because of those different things that happened in my story that I never realized were there. So that's kind of how like that, that part of my consulting business on top of the finding your creative passion. And that's where, you know, David, when I said, we all have a path, we all, whether it's God or the universe, this is my path. And it's really cool to see how it's kind of, you know, how it's kind of gone. Yeah. Juliet, how can you, I mean, one of the things that you've just described is that these opportunities, like when you look back oh, in hindsight, these opportunities seem to make sense, right? These opportunities have crept up. You weren't expecting them, yet they have led to some great things that connect your passion with a viable business, etc. What can you say about how you can be better aware of these opportunities so that you can connect the dots in real time? I love that. I love that question. So there's a couple different things. One is just be aware. I mean, all of us are going at such a pace that we are not aware of what's going on around us. And again, whether it's universe or God, there is little signs all over the place. And it's an important thing just to be aware. But the other thing is to find that time. And I know this is going to sound, again, cliche, but find that time where you can just daydream. I, this is what I tell my clients all the time. I'm like, I want you to sit and daydream. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yes, we're not in class where the teacher is going to yell at you. It's so important, whether it's the shower, whether it's, I do it when I walk my dogs. I can't meditate in the traditional meditation way because I am, I am a fast mover. I'm on the go. My brain needs to be working to be able to daydream. And so that's the other thing I tell my clients. I want you to find that time and that space where you can dream about the life that you've always wanted. And this is part of my, my workshop that I do is I want my clients to write down, like, doesn't matter with about money. It doesn't matter about what other people are going to say to you. How do you perceive your, your life that you, you know, the life that you've always wanted? What is it? And I just want you to write it down. Is it that you live on the water? Do you live in the mountains? Do you have a huge house, a smaller house? Is it that you, you know, what, what are the freedoms that you would want with, with having this business that's going to create you unlimited funds? So I really go there where it's like, okay, let's, let's paint this out. Let's point like, uh, kind of get that picture and then from there, once my clients do that, and so that's what your listeners can do right now, just really write that down and then find that time. Again, whether it's the shower, whether it's walking your dogs, whether it's traditional meditation, daydream and see how that world looks for you. And then when you do that, 
you're all, if this is the path that you're meant to do, you're going to see little things around. You're going to hear little things around. You're going to meet someone that's like, Hey, I just started my own business. I'm doing this. And you're going to be like, wait, wait a second. How did you do that? How, you know, what, what did you do? And then you're going to start asking questions and talking to people. And those doors are going to keep opening. Sometimes they shut and you're supposed to make a left instead of a right. But that's what life is about to explore, to be curious, ask questions, really tap into what's excites you because we have one life. Why kind of go through life being eh or being miserable? Well said, Juliet. Um, we've covered a lot of territory. If someone wants to go deeper with anything we've shared, access any resources you have or get in touch with you, where would be the best place to go? So they can go to my website, which is I am A M Juliet Han, and that's J U L I E T H A H N dot com. I'm also on all the socials, but that's the, you know, you can email me from there as well. Sounds good. Well, Juliet, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Smashing the Plateau. My guest has been storyteller, consultant, public speaker, and content creator, Juliet Han. Thank you again, Juliet, for joining us. Thank you so much, David. I so appreciate it. When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. On today's episode with Juliet Hahn, we learned how important it is to share your story with others. That's why the camaraderie of supportive, collaborative colleagues is the foundation of the Smashing the Plateau community. Being able to share your story in a safe space where you can get feedback from colleagues can be a great benefit to your consulting business. Inside the Smashing the Plateau community, you'll also find a range of tools and resources to support your business, access to experts, and answers to your burning questions. Check out the Smashing the Plateau community so that you can build a successful consulting business on your own terms, doing what you love and getting paid what you're worth. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com community. That's smashingtheplateau.com community. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.